0: Hello, everyone. Aaron Hood here with Love and Purity Ministries. I got Victoria Hood here with me, and we are glad to be with you. Um, we've got some exciting stuff going on the campus here. Got a lot somebody getting married over the next probably tomorrow should be mm-hmm. lots of family coming in and a lot of preparations. So uh, exciting times, and then we got Shavuot, you know, and uh, anticipating the Lord's outpouring of His presence. So we are really excited about that. That's this weekend, Shavuot. And then our next event would be the Above Rubies event, I believe sometime in mid-June.
1: I think. Uh, August.
0: August. Tell August. me. All right. So it's mid-August. Uh-huh. Do we know that for sure? Uh, we have a really
1: big calendar right here. It's the 19th through the 21st of August. All
0: right. 19th to 21st of August. That's our next event. Uh, join us. Yeah, register. Come and uh, hang out with us. That's with Nancy and Colin Campbell. Amazing family uh real it's gonna be a real good time in the word and worship. So yeah. um so we're just picking up where we left off, uh talking about what does it practically look like for uh young men and young women to remain or, you know, even older you know, men and young women. Because about that's the beauty throughout your life. <laughs> right. That's the beauty of the bridal paradigm is that, you know, even if uh you're beyond uh, marriage, you know, um in the fleshly sense, or in, in the physical sense, there's still always the paradigm uh, between us and Yeshua, between mm-hmm. the um, the groom, Christ, and His bride, the church. Uh, and so, uh, just hear us as we're sharing these things. And you know, if you're not in that season of life where you're preparing for marriage, or then and you're you know are married, already been married for a long time, then just uh, look through it at, at those eyes and with those lenses. And I, I mean. I believe almost 100 percent that all of this is just transferable. Really, mm-hmm. all of this is um, still applicable in that season of life. So we uh, we fought, you know recognize the battle and we minimize the battle, and that's what we want to talk about is uh, minimizing the battle. Part of recognizing the battle is knowing that you know ladies, you know as young women, they are verbally influenced, and you know being uh, aware of that for us men. And this is just an example of ways that. Uh, young ladies and young men are different and how we uh, in our interactions, we can be mindful of the opposite. and um, so and so guard our words. You know, as young mm-hmm. men, we, we be polite and respectful, but at the same time, not heaping up praise or just um, lavishing. Um, cause it, that really moves the heart of a young woman when a man is, says, you know, you're beautiful or wow, I've never seen anybody as beautiful as you, you look, great, you. Today. You look <laughs> great today. You know, those kind of, um, phrases really will capture a young lady's heart because she is, uh, that's what God really, made that yeah, God made that for her, uh, that affirmation, her right. To really speak to her heart. But that affirmation needs to either be from her husband or her father mm-hmm. and siblings, yeah. you know, her family. And so it's not healthy ever for a man, to, a young man that's not related to step in and uh, fill that place, um, even though he enjoys the attention that he gets back from that as there's this, you know, enjoyable uh, aspect of it that needs to be guarded and kept for marriage. Um, you know, it's not just kissing and, you know, the deeper part of romance that needs to be kept for marriage, you know, but even our hearts and emotions mm-hmm. need to be kept so that when the father brings you that person that is the right one because we we do rely you know we're christians we believe that he guides our hearts and guides our lives and that we're supposed to submit that to him so yeah we believe that he's going to bring us the right one and um that we need to save ourselves for that one that he brings us
1: Amen. Yeah. so i would just say that in song of solomon it says um do not awake or stir up love until it's time and it's talking to the daughters of zion and i think that's a a big part for the girls is that we are very emotional and very connected to our heart. And so not letting yourself, not, not letting your mind go places uh, that it shouldn't go until it's time. Yeah. Cause when it's time you go all the way, but before that guarding your heart and you know, even if uh, the responsibility is on you for yourself, Absolutely. but if a guy is, you know, talking really nice to you and whatever, that doesn't give you permission to fall in love with him you know? right. <laughs> um, yeah. until there's a commitment there. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Very good. And the same thing for the guys, you know, um, recognizing that uh, us men are visually influenced, you know, mm-hmm. what we see with our eyes uh, really um, dictates a lot of our reaction and action time. I mean, you see it anything from boats to trucks to shiny things, you know, it's uh, we're very visually influenced and you don't have to poke your eye out, you know, in order to um, live a pure uh, life, you know, a spotless life, like we were mentioning in that verses, and I believe it was 1 Timothy. But, you know, what the Scripture is saying, what Yeshua says, he does say that it would be better, Mm. right? It would be better for us to pluck our eye out. He's not saying we have to, but he's saying it would be better. And he's just showing the severity, the severity of how us as men, we need to guard our eyes. And, And so what that means for the young ladies is that they can be aware of this, and they can uh, dress in a non-provocative way, you know, and not uh, in an alluring way and that their attitudes are not alluring and um, seductive. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to even, you know, it can be without words. A lot of times, you know, without words even. Um, but uh, so that's uh, something that young ladies can just be aware of. And as a help to their brother, right, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we would, we don't want to put ourselves and our own feelings over what could cause someone else to stumble, right? Mm-hmm. That's the selfishness. You know, it, it may make you feel good for that young man to be watching you, you know, and you catch his eye, but that's not profitable for him. And we got to look past ourselves, you know, well, as a teenager. Or for you. Or <laughs> yeah. for us even. But, I mean, in the long term. Yeah, I'm just at, just putting this out there that there's a certain element of selfishness in it yeah. that it's like, well, it's not my problem, you know, that he's looking at me or whatever. Um, and it's really not, it's not your problem. Like Victoria said, the young man needs to, but if you can, are concerned for your brother in the Lord mm-hmm. and in the same way, you wouldn't want your brother in the flesh to be running after some
1: harlot or your, harlot
0: or your uh, yeah, your husband even, I mean, that's a, I mean, this even goes in the married people. Um, it's a concern for one another mm-hmm. and, uh, um, a brotherly love that um that helps us grow in these things and really solidifies these things and gives us a reason for it Mm -hmm. so knowing those things and you know there's other instances and things in life you know that but um when we realize these things we can minimize the battle like i mentioned before about making a covenant with our eyes you know if if you are we're aware of these things then we don't just give ourselves you know let's say access to the internet you know just free access you know softwares, you know, um, programs that, you know, can, um, what screen all these things. And in the same ways that, you know, um, young ladies are accountable to one another and there's, there's different things, uh, to help us overcome, you know, and, uh, accountability is always a good thing, you know, having a brother in the Lord or someone that you can just, uh, confess even your thoughts, you know, um, before they actually, by, by speaking your thoughts out and confessing your thoughts, um, the enemy just loses all power to use our thoughts against us. And that's especially powerful for uh, for women. You know, a lot of uh, battles go on inside their mind, and even for men um, as well. So these things, we can minimize the battle. And I believe that one of the things that, what that really looks like, and in one word is called prudence. And I believe that prudence is something that we just don't really hear a lot about. You know, it's not something that even- I
1: like th- thinking ahead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like, you know, considering, well, your steps, I believe, you know, being prudent is to uh, contemplate your next step and to think about where you're going, you know, in, in this life, I know, especially in this culture, um, we tend to just run from one thing to the next, you know, just living in the moment, you know, we hear those kind of things. And um, even from the Christian circles, you know, when it, when it comes to, to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance, you know, is that a song, you know, and, and you can take that to say that, well, you know, just live life to the fullest, you know, and and that's, in one side, yeah, you want to, but you want to live a life with perception, right, Uh, or purpose, that's really something that Victoria and I, in this message, we really want to strengthen the body of Christ, to live with purpose and intentionality, Mm -hmm. and so what that could look like is, instead of, you know, if you have, I use this example a lot. If you have an eating disorder, you eat or have a problem with gluttony, you know, that you wouldn't decide one day, yeah, I've just, I've confessed that I have this eating disorder and I'm not going to eat it anymore, but I'm going to go ahead and make cookies. I'm going to make cookies. I'm going to just keep them on the bar here on this counter. And, you know, it's for the guests. It's not for me. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to eat it. You know, and you're like, I've, there's not, I mean, that's just disgusting really. And then, you know, a week goes by, two weeks, and then you have a stressful day at work, you know, and you come home and you're like, oh, those cookies, you know. I, I've been doing so well. I should have at least, you know, I should have a, just one, just one cookie, right? And then you, uh, you know, we eat the one cookie. I'm, I'm just talking to myself. We eat the one cookie. And then we're like, man, that was, I have been doing, real. I mean, this has been a long time. I really, I deserve two cookies for all, and then the cookies are all gone. And then you're like, oh, I got to go make confession. And then you go and you confess to your friend and you come back. It's like, well, I guess I need to fill up the cookie jar. And you fill the cookie jar back up. This is a long, elaborate story. Just basically to highlight the foolishness that we sometimes uh, participate in and not being really zealous. And so I feel like the Bible really spells it out for us. Like when Moses came down from the mountain, and the people had sinned and committed adultery, you know, towards God and idolatry with this idol. Moses didn't take the golden calf and just set it off to the side somewhere. You know, he didn't just chuck it off to the side and say, "Y'all guys, we we're doing not doing this anymore." Like he ground it into powder, he crushed it, and then he put it in their water and he made them drink it. He told them, "You will never go this way again. You're, this idol, you will never see this idol again." And you know, I think sometimes that prudence or that growth um that's what that looks like you know we're going to be in the word in proverbs 7 it talks about the young man who was on the road that led to the harlot's house at twilight you know and i was reading that scripture and it it just began to come even more um clear to me that it wasn't a problem that the young man was on his way home it wasn't a problem that he was on his way home at twilight i mean it's it's dark you know he's worked a full day he's going home and and that he took that road You know, it wasn't the problem. The problem was that he hadn't considered his steps. Mm -hmm. He hadn't thought about there was a different road that he could have taken, you know. And by not considering his steps and not thinking, well, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong Mm -hmm. spirit. And the enemy was able to snatch him, you know, and uh, cause him to fall. So we have to be, I believe, intentional.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, practically for us growing up. So my parents, um, when... uh, oldest two brothers brain and zach were i think they were like eight or nine something like that they we had a tv and mom and dad uh mom had been watching some kind of christian show or whatever and brain and zach were sitting there watching it with her and uh she stepped out of the room came back and there was this horrible thing right there on the tv (laughs) and she was just like I can't believe that I just let this into my house. And so, you know, it cannot, like a lot of times it's totally unintentional that these things enter your house. But so basically they ended up just picking up the TV and throwing it outside <laughs> and totally got rid of it completely. Right. Um, to just completely get that out of There's the
0: There's a certain amount where certain truth in that radical is okay. You know, we got to be radical. I mean, if this is as this is defiling, this stuff Mm -hmm. is defiling. And, you know, it takes a lot of work to work through that kind of stuff and find forgiveness in the Lord. And it's not necessary, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, the Wallers moved into the Amish community because they were so radical, you know, and that was really good for them. It's not going to be good for everybody, I don't think. Uh, I know, unless the Lord calls you to that. But, you know, be radical. You know, don't be afraid to be radical. Radical is um, just a just means that you're an in a intense passionate person about what it is that you're radical about and both of those words intense and passionate are exactly what god asks us to be you know uh this is definitely something that's going to grip our emotions i think it should grip our emotions and uh should be something that we're uh, mindful of thoughtful of and um uh, not paranoid you know i don't think we should live in paranoia uh, again um but uh it's in the same way that a soldier wouldn't put himself in unnecessary life-threatening danger. You know, we don't just fiddle with this stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't just play around on the and dapple in these sins, you know, that are so uh, tainting and uh, defiling. Yeah. And so this is a soldier, you know, when he gets ready for battle, you know, he, he dresses it up. You know, he's putting it all on. You know, he's got all his gear. And in the same way, you know, when a, a bride's getting ready to go, she's putting on her. She's adorning herself, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's wanting to make sure that that dress is clean and white and the gold is shiny and polished and all these things. And her hair is well done. Like, you know, we need to be that intentional and uh, mindful of where we are, where we're going, and uh, the steps that we're taking. So, I was
1: just thinking that Rebecca, the young lady that's getting married tomorrow, she's not putting on her wedding dress and then walking down the dirt road where there's mud puddles and like <laughs> she's staying as far away from those mud puddles as possible right
0: so. yeah this is true it's very very true so yeah just keeping uh you know our interaction with the opposite agenda you know just be mindful this is something that really helped me is you know it's the very high chance that it's someone else's spouse i mean we're married to we're, we will be married probably to one person and there's a lot more young women and young men out there than one And so if we can just get our minds wrapped around that, you know, this is going to be somebody else's spouse until God reveals to us that it's ours, we are going to be correct a whole lot more times than if we were looking at it the other way around. And I just found a lot of uh, strength in that, you know, because in the same way that I wouldn't want anybody, you know, lusting or, you know, looking at my wife, you know, I don't want to be doing that towards someone else's wife. And uh, so just, Keeping that in in our in our forefront of our mind, you know, this is this is the reality. And young young ladies, you know, just um, keeping tabs on your mind, you know, and uh, knowing, you know, the the word says the heart is deceitfully wicked. You know, we don't even really know what's going to come, uh, but uh, don't don't just sit and fantasize about what could be. You know, stay in stay in the present, stay in the relationship, make it strong with the Lord, and uh, grow grow in that relationship so when we when we understand these things just this is just a few things you know there's probably a, a long list somewhere but uh then we fight you know fight the battle you know engage you know with that intention intentionality with that intensity not just intentionality but with intensity um for the purposes of god for the name of god you know and uh here we are we got uh, john in um, 1 John 2, 15 and 16, it talks about loving good and hating evil. Like, uh, let's see if I can read here. It says, uh, do not love the world or the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know, when we, if we want to be pure, we've got to engage in the fight and realize that we can't look, smell, or taste like the world. Yeah. Don't let the world decide for you, their culture decide for you what's, good for you especially in something as important as finding a mate in this life mm-hmm. i mean give that to god you know let's look to see what god has to say about in his word and you have to be have momentum you know you gotta if you're riding a bike uphill and you stop pedaling you're gonna fall over and you're not gonna make any progress you're gonna stop and then start going backwards even mm-hmm. understand that good things take sacrifice don't be afraid to you know work hard for that it means it's a good thing you know mm-hmm. we all know that right that a good thing takes sacrifice and I believe that if we take um, uh, the time to, well, if we just look at what's in our life and, and see what has more time, resources, and emotions, those three things, time, resources, and emotions, if we can gauge what we invest those three things into the most, that's going to be the most important thing in our life without fail. I believe that you can do that. And we need that to be the time, resources, and emotions. We need those three things to be God to be first and foremost in every three, every one of those three. And so, what that can look like is not watching TV because it's not good for our time. It's not a good uh, use of our resources. It's not a good use of our emotions. It's uh, completely fake, you know. And there's you know documentaries. Here I am, you know, talking about this. You know, there's I've, I watch documentaries, you know, and I I watch some teachings. You know, it's not the the screen, um, but there. But at the same time, if I had someone in my home that I could engage in a conversation with, I would that would be far more productive than watching a movie together you know mm-hmm. um so get rid of your tv and just begin to spend that time in prayer and see what god will do for you i mean just i just a great testimony david wilkerson when uh, he started teen challenge and he ministered to a lot of um, inner city kids and it was because he gave up watching tv um, from 10 o'clock to midnight, mm-hmm. you know, every night it was the news and stuff. And he was watching that, you know, when, when he was a pastor, you know, he was pastoring a, uh, a church and he just felt like, you know, he should give that time to prayer if he really wanted, cause he was, you know, we ask God to move and then we don't do anything like to really show God how intentional, how much we wanna really want that. And so he began to pray, and and a month or so later after he had begun to pray those two hours, he's like, I'm not just going to go to bed, I'm going to pray those same two hours that I've already been given up. And and God gave him uh, the revelation or showed him what ended up leading him to New York and and beginning that ministry and changing so many people's lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say to people, I think a lot of people maybe in our circles, we don't have TVs, um, but how much time are we wasting on our phones? Yeah. Uh, what junk screen time. Is? Yeah,
0: monitor it. You yeah. know, be mindful of it. You don't have to get rid of it, you know. But uh, just be mindful of it. And and if you do need to get rid of it, you know, then get That's rid of it. Great. <laughs> get rid of it, you know? And uh, you know, I I am gonna write a verse and see if I can just put it in the end of the Bible it says it's better to perish without an iPhone than to perish with an iPhone, you know, or something like that. I'll come on. I'll have to work on that a little bit. But uh just be you know, again. I think everything that we're trying to say here is just be, um, think, consider, consider your ways, right? Uh, what it is that, you know, is taking up a lot of your time and those three things uh, of your resources and emotions and, uh, make sure that God's at the top, the top of that list, uh, read wholesome books you know, and not ones that awaken love. You know, you're not going to want to, uh, you're not going to find a lot of life in romance model novels and, and, and the like, um, put those things away and read God's word and, um, Focus on his love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, worship God through music. You know, don't listen or play anything else. You know, this was a real big uh, one for me. You know, at a certain age, yeah, you know, young teenager, 16, 17, I got my truck. I bought a truck for the first truck. And uh, on construction sites and stuff like that, everybody was listening to country music. And so I found myself listening to country music in my truck. And my dad drove my truck, and uh, obviously the radio came on. And, and he told me, he said, you know, Aaron, you know, this is not going to Um, encourage your faith. And uh, something along those lines. He said something to me. I don't even remember exactly what he said. But, you know, and I chose to honor him. And and I bought two CDs, Christian CDs, um, Hello Love by Chris Tomlin and Alter in the Door by Casting Crowns. And those CDs shaped me. They changed, you know, because I was singing those things. I was, I was thinking about the struggle between fleeing the world, you know, and running to God and and if i had, you know i had chosen to go the other way i look back now on my life and i see that as a pivotal moment in my life mm-hmm. um and it was just that that decision and my dad uh, also you know shares his testimony about how secular music was something one of the hardest things for him to uh let go of and, and not uh hold on to because it's in your heart and mind we all know that you know it's a catchy tune you know you find yourself singing stuff that you haven't heard for years and so we don't want that stuff in our heart, you know. We got to make room. This shavuot, you know, it's about cleansing the temple so that there's room, that there's even room for the Holy Spirit to come. Yeah. We've got so much junk. Victoria's been cleaning out the house, right? I'm gonna tell a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, Aaron kind of busted my my facade or whatever this morning. I was like, so we have all these people coming in, and we just got off a trip, and so our house is a is a wreck and so but i'm like trying to clean out stuff and everything and he's like hey you know boaz the, the bridegroom wants some of his friends to come see if they can stay at our house and whatever and i'm like uh i think it smells really bad downstairs because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where i've been sticking all my all of the stuff that i don't want everybody to see upstairs anyway um but yeah i did at just get rid of the junk
0: yeah and and, and so like (laughs) i'm not busting my wife out anyway she's phenomenal at keeping our house and it's just has been a lot going on but just apply that to our spiritual life Mm -hmm. like how much is it that's grabbing our emotions and how much baggage are we holding on to because we haven't done it god's way and there's not even room for the holy spirit to come Mm -hmm. like we we're a vessel right and we can only hold so much so that's my encouragement. You know, we got these verses here we talk about in Psalm 24, 3-4. through four, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place, but he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. That's an encouragement from the Psalms. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Purity of heart, the pure in heart shall see God. You know, at a certain point, you know, it's not just... Cleansing our heart with enough room for the Holy Spirit to come, but cleansing our heart and letting only those pure things, whatever is lovely, whatever is good report. Meditate on these things, right? Wh- wh- whatever is noble, whatever is just.
1: Um, whatever is true,
0: whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever, whatever is, is pure, whatever, true, whatever is, true, is, whatever is, lovely, is whatever lovely, whatever things are of a good, good report, if there's any, any virtue. virtue Anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, things. meditate on these things. Amen. Yeah, meditate on these. It's it's so good because we're just sitting here watching the bride walk by with white garments. You know, she's not in the white garments, don't worry. The wedding's not happening yet, but just getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. And that's our message. Be ready. Betrothal is more about an outward expression of an inward longing. Mm-hmm. to do everything in a way that honors God, even when it's not culturally acceptable. Betrothal is counterculture cultural Don't let the culture define the truth. Let the word of God define truth for you. Amen. All the answers are there. You were going to say something.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, especially for young people, if you're in this time of waiting and you want to get married, marriage is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But it is, it's just like, I believe God gives us marriage just as a representation of the greater thing. Right, like yeah. The greater thing is God and His love for us, and so, like, I would just encourage you: don't get stuck on looking at the sign. Just pi- <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't, do you want to tell? Yeah, a it's a
0: super cool story. I know we're running, we're going long, but um, there was I was listening to a teacher, and he was t- teaching on marriage, and he just said, you know, so many people look to marriage to fulfill them and to like give them happiness. You know, it's just a sign. It's not what gives us fulfillment. It's not what gives us happiness. It's, it's a picture of what God's relationship looks like. He says, but God gives us, you know, the satisfaction. God gives us happiness. God gives us joy. Mm-hmm. He says, we get caught up, can't get caught up looking at marriage like it's the end all. As soon as we're married, we're like, oh, now I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you will be happy if you do it God's way and it will be the most amazing thing. But it's not the end. It's not what it's all about. It's about God. It's about our relationship with God. He said, it's like going to the Grand Canyon and the first sign that says Grand Canyon up ahead to the right, you stop there, you pull over, you get out all your temp- tent camping stuff and you start a fire and you're just looking at the sign. There it is, boys. Let's There's get a, a like, picture. Let's get a picture together. There's the Grand Canyon. It's like, no. It says Grand Canyon
1: right here. Yeah. He
0: says, go on, go on and see the real thing. Yeah. And get a taste of the yeah, real thing.
1: And stay busy, like building the kingdom of God or what you know, whatever that means in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's if a young man, if you're in construction, if a young lady, if you're want to be a midwife or whatever, just that, just be busy about mm. doing what God has called you to do. And then ministering know, to, your family. Right? Ministering to yeah, your family, ministering to your family is a huge thing. Yes. Yes. Um, it's yeah, very, uh, there's lots of needy people, you know, even outside your family, exactly. whatever, there's tons of things to be done.
0: Absolutely. For the kingdom. Don't For wait to kingdom. begin to serve God after, after your marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So God's design for marriage is one man, one woman until death do you part because it's a picture. That's mm-hmm. what we just talked about in this culture. You wouldn't think I'd ever have to say that, but that is, that is necessary to be said because the enemy is so strongly opposed to God's design for marriage. Yeah. Yeshua says, I come quickly four times in Revelation and in Revelation 3, 11, he says, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast that you have that no one may take your crown. Uh, The last three times are all in chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 7 says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. 22.12 says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Chapter 22, verse 20 says, He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, Lord Yeshua, come. There's, again, you know, verse after verse. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, it says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Matthew 24, verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Zephaniah 1, 14, the great day of the Lord is near, it is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter, and there the mighty men shall cry out. You know, I, I believe that we are to understand by the parables of the evil servant in Matthew 24, 48 through 51 and the foolish virgins in Matthew 25, 1 through 13, that we are to be looking, praying for, eagerly awaiting the return of our Messiah. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you, be ready. Read those passages of scripture. Read all of Matthew 24 and 25 and and notice the urgency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Notice the urgency and the uh, dire consequences of being found not ready. And let your heart be encouraged, even a little bit of terror. (laughs) You know, I believe it's healthy, you know, to have a little bit of terror. You know, it's a fearful thing for sinners to fall into the hands of the living God. Be strengthened, be encouraged, live with that intentionality, and go before the Lord uh, in the land of the living as the bridegroom of Christ and adorn yourself with the high praises of Christ. Hmm. That's our encouragement to you today.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And if you want to contact us, email us to Aaron at Love and Purity. That's right. Love and Purity. Oh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, we believe that um, hearing and following the voice of the bridegroom king leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life.
0: Jala. Yeshua, I love you. To love you, Yeshua, my